Welcome every single one of you who is listening to the second episode of Let's Dive In. It's going to be a good one. We got some things to talk about. A little reformatting of the show I've decided based off some feedback for some listeners. Appreciate the critiques. So we're going to do, we're going to dive into sports today right off the top. During the sports segment, I'm going to play some of my favorite songs from this past weekend in the background. I will put those song titles in my post so you can listen to them yourself. They are great. We've got some Travis Scott and Young Thug with M.I.A. We've got some Bad Sons. We've got some Bastille. We've got some Sia. She's still out there making music. Still a fantastic voice, even with the black and white hair where we can't see her eyes. Don't know what color they are but she's still got it going on. Also, a song called from SSG Kobe called Feelings. Just heard about this guy. Really good stuff. Guys, while I'm talking, you'll hear it in the background. I'll put the songs in my post. You can listen to them yourself. They are fantastic. Now I'm not going to waste any more of your time. It's time to get to the sports. Welcome to the main event. First up, where we always go first, we're going straight over the pond, across the river. It's not a river. It's not a pond. It's actually an ocean. To England, to the Premier League, some big games, some big results going on this past weekend and on Monday, and some crazy, crazy controversy. I mean, controversy, the definition of controversy. Penalties out the wazoo. We're going to get to that. First up, let's talk about the biggest games of the weekend. Of course, the biggest game of the weekend happened yesterday. Arsenal versus Liverpool. Arsenal losing to the reigning champions 3-1. It was an enthralling game, I'm not going to lie. Arsenal has not won at Liverpool the last six or eight times, if I'm mistaken. Since they've gone there, last time they beat Liverpool was actually in the Community Shield, and they won at home after the restart last season, but they have yet to win at Anfield. That place is a fortress. Liverpool is unbeaten in 61 home games, only drawing twice. That is a stat, if I've ever heard one. 61 games, second longest run in the Premier League era history, and they get this one 3-1. to one. It was surprising that actually at the beginning, in the 24th minute, Arsenal takes the lead. Now they got it off a blunder. Andy Robertson just totally mishit it right to Lacazette, who almost missed the kick, but he kicked it into the ground, popped over Allison. They're up 1-0 after 24 minutes. So far during that time, I think Liverpool had 70% possession. They were just dominating. I know Arsenal's game plan, of course, going to Anfield against the champions who usually dominate the ball. They were going to sit back, try to play compact, try to play tight. Got to watch Salah and Mane out in the wings, and they were going to just counterattack. And you could kind of see that going at the beginning. You know, they were pegged back most of the time, but their defense was compact. They stayed where they needed to be. They were organized. Liverpool was threatening. They had some good efforts. Alexander-Arnold had a shot to flex it off Bellerin off the crossbar. 
I mean, they had their chances. Mane had a great shot coming off the off the eighth yard box, saved by Leno right at the keeper. So definitely Liverpool was pushing forward. Arsenal just got a little bit of luck. And in the game of football, any little bit of luck counts. You got to take your chances. And that's what they did, Lacazette. But not two minutes later, and Liverpool starts to show their class. Salah, that guy is the Egyptian god, a beast. Totally took on Tierney out to the right side. Cut inside, took a shot. Leno saved it, but put it right into Mane's path. Was unmarked. Bellerin, don't know what he was doing. And they tap it in. It's 1-1. And then what happens? They get another one. Because even though Arsenal was trying their best, Liverpool's one of those teams that just breaks you down. That's just what happens. They break you down. And that's exactly what they did. The second goal came in the 34th minute. Trent Alexander-Arnold, that kid can cross a ball. I'm just saying that he is David Beckham from the right back position. Anytime he hits it, it just goes into a dangerous piece of the box. And that's exactly what happened. Went over some heads, Bellerin and Rob Holding both going after Mane. Bellerin again did not mark Andy Robinson coming back from the left side. Liverpool likes to have their right and left back swing forward as far as possible. Got the end of the cross, chipped it over Leno, 2-1 to one in the 34th minute. And you're starting to think, well, now Liverpool is really going to start tearing it up. The confidence of Arsenal is starting to go down a little bit. They were able to hang on until the half. It was only 2-1 at the half. That's not a bad scoreline going into the second half. Mikel Arteta for Arsenal has some time to work some things out have his players decide what they should be doing better to really stop the attack and the force of Liverpool going forward. Second half rolls around. Arsenal should have tied the game. Lacazette, perfect ball played into him, finally gets behind the defensive line. Liverpool, because they pressed so high up, their defense was high up the field. Beautiful ball threaded through right between the center backs. Lacazette's 1v1 on Allison. Terrible shot. He tries to hit it to the right. Where he takes a touch to the right, tries to kick it to the left. Allison just puts a hand out there. His big bear claw swats it away. And that was her opportunity. 2-2 in the 70th minute would have changed the game. Would have given that confidence back to Arsenal. Make them think they can walk out of there with a draw. That would have been good enough, but was not meant to be. Lacazette definitely knew he was missing his chances. He had missed one earlier in the 60th minute or so. He was ruled offsides, but he was, again, threw a ball off the ground, tried to do a chip, didn't get any height on it, and it was blocked by Allison. It was offsides. It would not have counted, but it just shows that he was struggling this game. All of his shots just weren't going where they needed to be. I have to say Liverpool did a good job stopping Aubameyang. Aubameyang, of course, is the number one threat coming from Arsenal on the left side, and they did very well to stop him. He really wasn't involved with the game as much as they would hope for. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. In the 88th minute, a little bit earlier than that, Diego Jota, the new signing coming from Wolves, who they could really need right now, comes in, has a few shots already off the bat, but he gets his first debut goal for Liverpool in the 88th minute. 3-1 to one is how it ends. And Liverpool stay unbeaten. 
Arsenal take this time as reflection. They've come a long way. This time last year under Unai Emery, you're thinking, Arsenal, where the hell are they going to go? They're probably going to get 12th. They're probably going to get 14th place the way they were playing. They had no sense of direction. They had no unity. They had no character. Mikel Arteta coming in in January has really transformed that club. They have a lot to be excited about. The things he needs are transfers. He made a great comment at the end of the game in the post-match conferences that Liverpool were kind of in the similar position when Jurgen Klopp got there five, six years ago. And now they've he's got the signings he wanted. He brought in the players he needed. Van Dyke, Allison. He got in Mane. I don't know if Mane was there beforehand, but Mane really started sparking it up. When Jurgen Klopp was there, he brought in the players he needed. Five years later, they won the Champions League. The next year, they won the Premier League. So Arsenal, the chances are there for them to do the same thing. Mikel Arteta just needs some help in the transfer window. Still looking for a center back. Still looking for a center mid. Looking for Partey really to boost up that center defensive mid position. Shaka, you got some great passes, but man, are you slow as hell. That dude cannot run. I'm pretty sure he was running and a turtle just blew right past him. Pretty sure I saw that. Someone say that was a piece of yarn. I think it was a turtle. Partey would be a great addition. Very physical presence coming from Atletico Madrid. Also, they're looking at Aurar. I think that's how you say it. It's a French name. French names are always hard to understand, hard to pronounce. But he is center attacking mid-position. Really got the flicks and the flair to be able to bring out against those teams that press the ball hard. Also, maybe a center back. They decided to go with David Luiz for this game because of his experience, even though Gabriel, the new signing coming from France, has really been doing well. And I get big game like this at Anfield. You want to use the experience that is there. Also, he didn't start Ceballos, I think, for the similar reason. But when Ceballos was substituted on, he really transformed Arsenal, really tried to help them get out of the high press from Liverpool, and he did that. Definitely a learning curve for Mikel Arteta and Arsenal, but the hope is still there. If they can make top four this year, you could see this season as a huge success. Huge success. Into those Champions League spots, you get some money, you can even bring in more players next season. Really boost the club. All right, what else happened over this past weekend? What were the other big games? Manchester City versus Leicester. I know what you're thinking. Man City, right? They lost last year on the revenge tour. They have weapons out the wazoo. Gabriel Jesus was out for this game. Noah Guerrero, he had to play. Sterling in the striker position, usually plays on the left wing. Man, did it go against everything that I thought. I think that a lot of us thought. Final score, Leicester 5, Manchester City 2. First time a team has put five past a Pep Guardiola squad. I think first time ever. I could be mistaken on that one, but it's extremely, extremely rare. Jamie Vardy with the hat trick. There are only two players in history that have scored a hat trick against a Pep Guardiola team. Those players are the GOAT, Lionel Messi, Jamie Vardy, who's done it twice now. Twice in this game, there were three penalties. We're going to talk about penalties later and VAR decisions. 
but the penalties in this game didn't really go with the handballs, which has really been the problem recently. These are all pretty legitimate. I would say Jamie Vardy, James Madison maybe sold it a little bit more, but the contact was there. Man City's defense was, just couldn't do anything. Leicester was playing through the channels, cutting through the center mids and the defense to really take out the players. They really had a good game plan. And it started off Man City dominating. Mares with an incredible strike with his weak foot in the fourth minute. 1-0 up, you're like, oh, this is going to be a cakewalk for Man City. But here comes Leicester. Score four unanswered goals. Man City gets one back with Nathan Ake header. And then City scores again. James Madison had definitely the best goal of the game, cutting in on his right foot, probably about 25 yards out, and a banger in the upper 90. Upper 90 right-hand corner. I mean, that just shows Leicester were just really out there competing. I don't know. I don't know how Pep felt about that. I bet that locker room was pretty crazy. I bet there was a lot of yelling going on, probably some cleats being thrown, probably some water bottles being thrown. You know he wasn't happy. And it just shows. This season is going to be a lot different, I think, than past seasons. Other teams might start creeping into that big six slot. Man City, I think, maybe still somewhat favored to win, even though Liverpool is 3-0. So is Everton, who we'll get to. But out of the big six, it looks like Liverpool may be a little bit ahead in terms of advantages after the Man City loss. And it wasn't just a loss, like I said. It was just a complete annihilation. 5-2, to two, the final score. Another big six team, Chelsea. They're playing West Brom. You're thinking the baggies have no chance. This is going to be Chelsea's easy win. They got tons of weapons. I mean, the transfer window for them was ridiculous. They're still signing some people. They're down 3-0 at the end of the first half. West Brom coming out of nowhere with three goals. Just like that. Another big six team, Chelsea, struggling. With all these signings, Lampard's having a hard time, I think, finding the right formation, the right way he wants to use these players. They're just struggling. But I give them credit. They scored their own three goals in the second half. Final was 3-3. Three to three. But just during that game, it looked like Chelsea just weren't the Chelsea we're used to. Man City was not the Man City we're used to. It'd be interesting to see the way things pan out for there. What else happened? Wolves. I would say probably one of the most exciting teams last season. They're basically just Portugal. They just signed Nelson Semedo, another Portuguese player from Barcelona. They lost to West Ham. 4-0. to zero. They didn't even get a single goal during that game. Don't get me wrong, like I said before, West Ham is way better on paper than they are when they physically play, but you don't expect 4-0 against Wolves. Wolves really have a good thing going, really good system, really good coach, all these players, but they're just struggling. They could have used Diogo Jota, who scored for Liverpool during this game, and they lost 4 to nothing. Another big team going down. Just shows this new season might be a little different than we thought. It started, I think, the way people expected it to be. The results were kind of the way we expected them to be. But now it's, you know, third week in. Things might be getting a little interesting. 
definitely going to have to watch and see what happens. This actually makes it very exciting. Even though there's no fans, it's still exciting. The score lines are still ridiculous. What else happened? Manchester United playing Brighton. That is a game full of controversy. That is one of the things people are going to be talking about. This is the game that really started it off based off these VAR complaints. There were some in the past, but this one was the first game of the weekend on Saturday morning here in the United States. Man U's down 2-1. to one. Then they score. Very, very, very late on from a penalty. Make it 2-2. Two to two. Man United is coming back down. Get a corner kick. It will be the last corner kick of the game. Harry Maguire gets his slab head on top of it. Hits it on Mapai's hand. Granted, I think his hand was definitely out of outside of the area of his body where it should be. Terrible snake. Nicks the hand. Of course, the ref doesn't see it at first. Blows for the final whistle. United players complaining. He decides to go check the VAR. Sees it hits the hand. Bruno Fernandez takes a penalty kick. The last kick of the game. Scores, they win 3-2. to two. Barely scraping by. Manchester United. That's off the loss coming from Crystal Palace. Barely winning against Brighton. It's a tough start for Manchester United. But the storyline is again the VAR. Even bigger than that game with VAR and penalties was the Tottenham versus Newcastle match. Lucas Moura gets Spurs off the bat with a goal in the 25th minute. Newcastle gets a ridiculous penalty decision in their favor. The ball's chipped in. Eric Dyer jumps up along with Newcastle player. I don't know which one it was. Newcastle player heads the ball, get his head on. Eric Dyer's not even looking. The momentum of his jumping has his hands kind of up it hits his hand. He doesn't realize it. Penalties called. Now, the rules say, based off VAR decisions, the rules say if it hits the hand and it either is in the box, leads to a goal-scoring opportunity, then it is considered a foul. If the player's hands are awkwardly away from the body, it's considered a handball. But if you look at this exact play, Eric Dyer's hands go up because he's jumping for the ball. It's a totally natural movement. He's not even looking at the ball. So how could he purposely have a handball? Steve Bruce, Newscastle's manager, even said it after the press conference. He said, yes, I understand it went in our favor, which is good. But if this was against me, I would be pissed. He said the Tottenham team has a reason to be upset. He says he thinks People should get together. The managers should get together and talk to the Premier League about these rules. Same thing happened with Crystal Palace against Everton. Everton won the game 2-1. Everton, of course, looking like a spark, looking good under Carlo Ancelotti, but they got a penalty for a kind of a similar thing. Terrible call for the handball. Wasn't even paying attention. His hand really was just a natural movement. When you run like crazy, and you're shifting left and right, jumping up and down, you can't just keep your hands glued to your side. It's literally impossible. You can't do it. If someone kicks the ball and your hand's way outside your body, that's something else. 
but if you're moving in certain directions, you don't see the ball, it comes out of nowhere because you can head the ball and kick the ball at 90 miles an hour, it seems, which is what happened. Luca Dean headed the ball. The Crystal Palace player didn't really know about it. He was so close to him. Once it had, the ball was headed towards him, he didn't really have time to move his hand, and a penalty was given. Now, I know my boy Hunter is pretty pumped about it, but the decision still was shit. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was shit. Roy Hodgson said afterwards, it's not good. That doesn't look good. You know how many penalties there have been through 25 games? 21 penalties through 25 games. That is a record. VAR is there for certain reasons. It is there to review penalties, red cards, kind of really intense things that can change games. But the decisions made by the refs based off the handball rules are stupid. They really are. And now managers are speaking it up. I mean, I'm just saying, if Steve Bruce says it and his team benefited from it, then that just shows the stance of the managers. I think it's something they got to really consider and really talk about. I think VAR is a great addition to the game. I think they could speed up the decision a little bit more. There's someone in the booth who's talking to the ref. The guy in the booth should be able to just say yes or no, but then the ref has the option to go look at the screen, kind of like they do in the NFL, and decide himself if he thinks it was a foul or a handball or a red card. One, refs don't do that enough. Right? The final decision comes to the ref. Two, it takes them forever to figure out if it's a yes or a no. And three, the handball rule. Natural movements should not be penalized. They shouldn't. You can you can tell. These refs have been refing this game so long. These professionals have been playing this game so long. You can tell if it's supposed to be on purpose. You can tell based off the way the player is moving, where the ball is, how quick the ball hits their hand, if they're even looking at the ball. You should be able to tell if it was purposeful. If it was purposeful, give the penalty. No doubt about it. No argument. But if it's not, that's, that's teams losing games. That's team losing points. And these points mean a lot. They mean money in their pocket moving forward. This means chances to make European places. That means chances not to be relegated. And relegation is what the teams fear the most. And now there's teams that will sit at the bottom of the table because of terrible penalty decisions. VR was brought in to prevent that, but now it's happening again. Premier League, look at the handball rules. You should listen to the coaches, honestly. I know you have your own bureaucracy and you're going to make your own decisions here, but listen to the coaches and the players. These are the people that are affected the most. And if these managers have reasons to be upset, listen to them. Try to find a way to fix it. Listen to the refs. The refs are there and they're doing their job. Okay, I don't blame the referees. Because if for some reason they messed up, all hell is going to be broken loose on top of them. So I get it, right? They're just there to enforce the rules. They don't make the rules. They just enforce them. I understand. So maybe change some of the rules. Give the refs a little bit better job to do things. All right. Those are the big games in the Premier League. I think that was everything that I talked about. Yes, it was. We're going to move on to some big European games. One of the big games that came out last week was the UEFA Super Cup. Champions League winners Bayern Munich versus Europa League winners Sevilla. It was tight. Bayern just scraping by with the win. 2-1. to one. And people would think, 
you know, they played Sevilla. It should have been a pretty much a cakewalk. Teams that win the Champions League are a little bit higher caliber technically than those that win the Europa League. And I think that led into what happened to Bayern Munich over the weekend. They lost to Hoffenheim 4-1. to I ate my words. What did I say last week? I said they were a train. They were a unit that looked unstoppable. I think they were going to win the treble again. Barely scraped by Sevilla. Get their ass whooped by Hoffenheim. 4-1. to Give credit to Hoffenheim. Don't get me wrong, right? Team coming up, looked really strong during that game. I think they got their tactics right, obviously, putting four past Bayern Munich, but man, did Bayern look terrible. Their undefeated streak has ended now in all competitions. Four to one, getting whooped. Another game out of the Bundesliga, another huge surprise, Borussia Dortmund. Going down to Augsburg 2-0. Dortmund is technically considered the second best team behind Bayern Munich and has historically been that way for many seasons. They've got great weapons. They've got Holland. They've got Sancho. They've got Gio Reyna now coming up. Got Michael Royce is back. And did they lose to Augsburg? Yes, they did. Augsburg, a small German club. Just a little one. Just trying to do their best. Maybe get mid-table, sometimes they get relegated, but they always try to do their best against the Giants, and they pulled it out. 2-0 to Dortmund. Another huge upset. Another big game in the Bundesliga, Bayer Leverkusen versus RB Leipzig, two traditionally top 10 teams. They tied one apiece. Nothing really exciting, pretty boring, so we're just going to skip on to the next one. Other big games around Europe, Juventus. The reigning champions of Italy tying to Roma. Roma getting two on them. Ended two to two. You know, I thought Juventus were going to do a lot better during this game. They, of course, are the powerhouse in the league. They've been that way the last, what, 10 years now? Roma got the draw. Roma's traditionally been up there, top five team most, most of the time. So it's not a giant surprise. And it was just a tie. It's not like Juventus lost. But Juventus expects a lot more out of themselves. Other games, La Liga finally kicked off. First match week. The big hitters, Barcelona, Real Madrid, and Atletico, all in action. Barcelona got the 4-0-1 against Villarreal. The main talking point is the kid, the wonder boy, Ansu Fati. 17-year-old Spanish kid. Played 33 games last year. Got eight goals starting week one. For the new system of Barcelona under Komen, he gets the first two goals. This kid looks amazing. Playing left wing, incredibly quick, very fast, moves his feet like a ninja, gets two goals early, 30 up 2-0 behind this kid. He just had his first cap for Spain over this past summer, got his first goal. Youngest Spanish goal, goal scorer in history. And now he's doing more. Doesn't look like he's stopping. Really excited for him. He could be a future Ballon d'Or winner. That's what they're saying. Keep your head on your shoulders, Ansu. Keep going forward. Score for Barcelona, because then Messi actually has someone who can score with him. Thank God. What else? Real Madrid. Barely scraped by Real Betis. Sergio Ramos. 
their penalty kick taker gets a penalty to win three to two, barely scraped by. Madrid, you gotta you gotta deal something. Zidane, you gotta do something. All right, you shouldn't be getting almost beaten or tied to Real Betis. Of your caliber, I expect a little bit more. I think your fans do. I think pretty much everyone does. But, you know, a win's a win. You got to take three points when you can. They're off the mark at the beginning of the season. Other big team, Atletico Madrid, with new signing Luis Suarez from Barcelona. Barcelona, you did him dirty. You did him wrong. Third highest goal-scoring player at Barcelona. You're just like, nope, see ya. We'll just sell you to Atletico. And what did he do? He came on in the 75th. Oh, what do you do after the 75th? Only 15 minutes left. You're already up 4-0. Oh, we'll just score twice and then get an assist in 15 minutes. Sounds like an MVP type of game. No big deal. Just Luis Suarez doing Luis Suarez things. They win 6-1. Now they're looking scary. Luis Suarez, Diego Costa up top. You got one who kicks, one who bites. Defenders are in fear. That's just the bottom line. I mean, they can only score goals. They will physically attack you. I mean, you can't play if you're bleeding from your neck or if you got kicked in the face. So, of course, didn't see any of those injuries today. But Luis Suarez, looking like the marksman he is. He's older, and I get it. Barcelona may be trying to have Griezmann now move into the middle, taking Luis Suarez's spot. That is Griezmann's spot as well. But he's still as lethal as ever. And he's going to do some big things for Atletico this season. I could see it. If Real Madrid doesn't challenge the title, looking like Barcelona obviously is up there. Real Madrid is always up there. But it looks like Atletico really could sneak in to really be a title pusher this year. It's been a while since they won La Liga. But they're always top three. But they could push for that first spot. That is for us to decide, for us to see as the season progresses. So those were the big games coming out of the weekend from... England and Spain and Germany and Italy. Not much going on in France, I hate to tell you. I mean, it's usually just going to be a PSG situation, even though they did lose their first game. But they usually come on on top. Usually the team that's backed by oil money, it's got billions in the bank, they're probably going to win. It's just what happens. I mean, Man City didn't win last year. They're also the same way. But... England's a lot more competitive. A lot more teams have a chance to win. In France, it's usually just going to be PSG. That's just what it is. Looking ahead to big games next weekend. Over in England, not a lot of huge game. The biggest game is going to be on Sunday, Manchester United versus Tottenham. They're both not playing at their best. Mourinho going back to... Old Trafford, where he got fired. He did a terrible job there. I'm thinking Man U's going to pull out the win, but who knows? More VAR controversy, more penalties, most likely. Other big teams, Liverpool plays Aston Villa. Arsenal plays Sheffield. West Ham plays Leicester. Man City plays Leeds. Chelsea plays Crystal Palace. That's about it. Now we're moving on. Going to football. And we're going to American football, in case that wasn't. What happened this weekend in American football? We had some big games. There's usually some big games slated. But so many players have moved here and there. So I feel like there's a lot more big games on the table now. 
the big games this past weekend. You had the Seahawks versus the Cowboys. Seahawks pulled it out at the end. 38-31, high-scoring game. Russell Wilson still kicking ass. Third week of the season, doing stuff. They get the win, 38-31. The Cowboys had a chance there at the end. They were really pushing it. But Dax Prescott threw an interception at the very end of the game, trying to get a Hail Mary pass in. Seahawks pull it out, 38-31. What else? Bears and Falcons. You just, you know, you just got to laugh. You, you, I don't know whether to laugh or actually be sad. But, I don't know, as a Panthers fan, I actually laugh at the Falcons. Everybody else, probably sad for them. They're up 16 points, and they lose to the Bears, 30-26. to 26. I think I heard a stat they were the first team ever to be up by at least 15 points and lose both of those games. Might not be ever, but it's still a terrible stat. Last week, they were up 20 to the Cowboys, lost to the Cowboys. This past weekend, they were up 16 to the Bears, lose to the Bears. Now the Bears put in Nick Foles. Remember him? Superhero man for the Super Bowl champs, Eagles. They decided to bench Mitch Trubisky in the third quarter. Good idea. Took him this long. Foles comes back with the win. They win 30-26. Bears, you might have some hope there. I know it is just Nick Foles. Don't get me wrong. He's not always the star. He doesn't always show what he should. But at least in games like this, you're down 16. I don't know if it was Nick Foles doing Nick Foles stuff from Super Bowl or the Falcons defense just crumbling. Either way, Falcons, you got to readdress something. Or don't. I mean, it helps the Panthers. But as an organization, probably readdress something. Speaking of the Panthers, they get their first win against the Chargers. I had no hope for them this game. I know I sound like a terrible fan, but I actually had no hope. No Christian McCaffrey, and he is pretty much the Panthers. Panthers defense has looked atrocious the last two weekends, but they get the win. Barely, I have to say. All right, they're up 21-16. There's a minute 53 left in the game. The Chargers have to go 99 yards, score a touchdown to win. And I'm not going to lie, they almost did it. I mean, they were pushing down there with no timeouts. They got to maybe the 40-30 of Carolina's side. They got a false start penalty against them. I think that's what killed them. I don't think if they didn't get that false start penalty, I think they would have scored. The way they were looking, they were pushing the ball down the field. Passes wide open to people. Getting out of bounds when they needed to. I mean, they were doing well. It was a nice drive. But it just shows the flaws in the Panthers' defense. Panthers got lucky. Patriots and Raiders, Cam Newton, looking hot. Looking the way he should have been able if he wasn't injured. They crush on the Raiders 36-20. to The Raiders were going in there undefeated. They were 2-0. Patriots are 1-1. They, get the, they got the win, 2-1. Cam looking like Cam. They rushed for a ton of yards. So, you know, Patriots moving on. I don't know whether I'm supposed to hate the Patriots now. I'm not a big Tom Brady fan. I think that was the reason why I didn't like the Patriots. I think there's a lot of reasons why people don't like the Patriots because they won all the time, and that can get really annoying. And, you know, deflate gate with Tom Brady, I get it. But it's hard for me to hate on the Patriots the way I used to because I am a big Cam fan, you know? He did so much for the Carolina Panthers. I have nothing but respect and love for that guy. So I hope he does well. 
other games Packers and Saints Packers get the win 30 27 over the Saints Aaron Rodgers looking strong against the old veteran of Drew Brees of course the big game of the weekend Chiefs and Ravens you got the Super Bowl MVP versus the reigning NFL MVP this is the matchup that's going to be around for a while this is going back to the Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning matchup they met a handful of times considered the two best QBs in the league of course Manning is now retired Brady down at the Bucks. they're no longer going to play each other so the next big rivalry I think right here is Pat Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson two sharpshooters two fantastic quarterbacks Lamar Jackson way better at running but his arm game has gotten so much better and then you have Pat Mahomes I mean the guy is worth hundreds of millions of dollars and there's a reason for that he is lights out he threw for five touchdowns ran for a touchdown they get the win over the Ravens 34 to 20 and they're looking like they're looking like they may take it again they may take the Super Bowl again there's not I don't think a team that's dominating the white quite the way they are at the moment when you got Pat Mahomes Tyreek Hill you kind of got a chance of doing something big you got Travis Kelsey I mean I'm just saying you got some things you can do what's going on next week next week we got the Colts and the Bears all right you got Philip Rivers going against I guess Nick Foles now so that's on Sunday you got the Steelers versus the Titans both three and O should be a good matchup you got the Patriots and the Chiefs Cam Newton Pat Mahomes that will be a good game I think that's going to be the game of the weekend to be honest I'm thinking the Chiefs are going to pull it out because they are the Chiefs but you can never count out Bill Belichick and now Cam's looking pretty good you know he may put the team on his back and do something big and then you also have the Bills and the Raiders the Bills are also 3-0 Josh Allen looking fantastic the best out of that draft class when he came into the league of quarterbacks for sure Bills are three and up they're going against the Raiders, who are just 2-1, and one, but they also still look strong. So it should be good. I'm excited for next weekend. Next up, let's talk about some b-ball. Let's talk about some basketball. The ball with the baskets. We're, we're at the NBA Finals, guys. NBA Finals are here. Man, it took them a while to get here, but they are here. Game 1 on Wednesday night, Los Angeles Lakers versus the Miami Heat. Last week, we talked about the Heat and Celtics first in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Heat won on Wednesday, and then on Sunday as well to advance. The Lakers won Thursday and Saturday to advance. The Celtics got a game back. The Nuggets got a game back. But in the end, it was probably going to be the Lakers and the Heat to make it forward. Definitely two strongest teams. This is going to be a good, good matchup. I know everyone's picking the Lakers to win it all. I'm also picking the Lakers to win it all. But I also picked the Heat to put up a big fight. A big fight. The one thing that the Lakers obviously have on the Heat, obviously LeBron James, but they've got length. You have Anthony Davis playing as a power forward. You got McGee in the middle. 
the Heat, you know, you've got some players. Adebayo is definitely your strongest defensive player in the middle. It's going to be tough to go against the Lakers with just that one big guy who can play some defense. But if the Heat put up numbers like they've been, Tyler Hero keeps putting in threes. Jimmy Butler keeps putting in buckets. They've got chance. Still taking the Lakers. I'm taking the Lakers in five. I say the Heat at least get one game in, but, you know, it's just LeBron James on a tear right now. Trying to accomplish something that he set out to do when he moved to Los Angeles, coming from Cleveland, going against his old team, going against his old coach and Eric Spolstra. Should be a great matchup, but I think the Lakers just have that edge. And then what happens? What if the Lakers win? I mean, will people stop the whole LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate? I know Michael Jordan is always considered the GOAT of basketball because he has six rings. That's when everyone's argument, he has six rings. But if LeBron James wins this, he will also have six rings. The difference between the two, LeBron James will have six rings on three different teams. Michael Jordan just did it with the Bulls. Not knocking Michael at all. Still, I think the GOAT as of this point. But if LeBron does get this win, I think he can be counted as a GOAT himself. Just saying. I mean, to go around to three different teams and win championships, that just means what kind of a player you are. And when he came to Los Angeles, they were terrible. Absolutely terrible. His first season, they were also terrible because they had no one around him. But now Kuzma is kicking ass. They brought in Anthony Davis, which was a huge pickup, an all-star player right there. And now they look good. They got Dwight Howard as well. Superman used to be something down in Houston, faded off. But you can't go wrong when you got big guys like, big guys like that. So it should be pretty good. All right. We're moving on to the next segment. Sports are done for now. Oh. Quick shout out though, I don't talk about hockey a lot on here, but I gotta give a shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They got the Stanley Cup victory yesterday against the Dallas Stars. Congrats to Tampa Bay. They're the first team to win it all after being swept in the first round last season. They got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets, which was a huge, huge surprise because they had the best record in the league. This year, they get the win, they go all the way. Congrats to Tampa Bay. Their jerseys are sick. I like the white and the blue. Now the Stanley Cup to match some silverware. Can't go wrong. Good stuff there. Hockey season is now over. On to next year. Will the Carolina Hurricanes do something? That is to be seen. It's always a toss-up when you come in from North Carolina for professional sports. Lastly, last segment I wanted to talk on is a plug. I'm going to plug this website. All right. I know a lot of people during the quarantine are starting to cook a lot more, trying to get in the kitchen, use some different ingredients, try new things. And that is wonderful. You don't have to get great food by going out all the time. You can make it yourself. It is cheaper. It could be a little bit healthier and it's still incredibly delicious. This website I'm using the New York Times. They have their own website, New York Times Cooking, and you can get some amazing recipes on there. And I know you can get amazing recipes everywhere, but I've been starting to use this the past two weeks and I've made some banging food. At least I would say so myself. Hope my wife agrees with me. 
but we made some great things. We made some green chili enchiladas. We've made some barbacoas. We've got some carnitas. We've got some Asian style pork. We've made some pizzas. We've made some chicken and Marbella sauce. It is great. If you go on their website, it'll tell you a weekly menu that you can make, how to make it. The ingredients do not cost that much. They are not hard to find. It's an easy step-by-step -step way to make food. They have a recipe of the day. They have a recipe of the week. It's very, very cool. Very easy. Great way to try something new. You want to do it for date night? Boom, they got you. You want to do it to watch this game? Boom, they got you. You want to watch a horror film? Boom, they got you. You want to make a cocktail as well? Oh, they got you. I mean, they just got it. I wanted to plug them. Thank you, New York Times Cooking. Really killing it. Keep going with the recipes. They are delicious. I appreciate it. Well, everyone, this is the end of episode two of Let's Dive In. I appreciate you listening, all my listeners, one, five, ten, however many of you there are. I appreciate it. We talked about some sports. You've been hearing some music this entire time. Those songs are going to be on my post. Check them out. They are fantastic. If you find your hips moving or your toes tapping while I was talking, go check out the songs. They are good. We got some big albums coming out on Friday. I'm going to do another podcast of Let's Dive In on Friday talking about those albums. So stay tuned for that. Go check out some movies. Enola Holmes, pretty good watch. Go check it out. Black Boy, Peacock TV, go check it out. You won't regret it. Always good to learn something. And I'm going to plug this as well. Go register to vote. Also, do the census. Do your census. Really easy. Takes two minutes online. Not that hard. Everyone's got two minutes. Also, register to vote. Votes coming up. The big debate is tonight. Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. I say you tuned in. Even if you hate politics, I would say just watch it. It may just be considered pop TV or something to talk about, but I think it's important. Everyone knows this election is important, so go watch it. Thank you again, everyone. My name is Jeremy Schaus. Hope you enjoy this episode of Let's Dive In. Be safe, be careful, and we'll see you next time.